This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. The Varsity is presented by the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute, with more than 150 fellowship-trained physicians in every orthopedic specialty and dozens of locations across Chicagoland and the suburbs. IBJI is your choice for patient-focused orthopedic care. To find the nearest location, visit IBJI.com. Howdy folks and welcome to the latest episode of the Varsity Podcast, a podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore High School sports. I'm Michael Duojek here with the record North Shore founding member Joe Coglin. As uh, we've been waiting for this episode for uh, probably since, well I guess it hasn't been so long since uh, there was a uh, spring football season, but we've been waiting all summer I guess for this uh, episode of the podcast where we get you all caught up and ready for the upcoming football season for both of our area teams, both Loyola and New Trier. So it's going to be a football-heavy podcast this week. Um, we're going to go back to our usual four-quarter format. We're in the first quarter. Um, we just uh, talk about uh, what we're looking forward to, some preview stuff for both Loyola and uh, New Trier in, uh, in this upcoming season. In the second quarter, we are going to be joined by New Trier head football coach Brian Dahl. In the third quarter, we play Way or No Way, our weekly guessing game, where we try to uh, make some predictions. And in the fourth quarter, we're going to get right into a game number one for both teams as we preview the first uh, few games for Loyola and Nutria. But before we do all that, just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Make sure to write us a nice little review and spread the word as well. We're found on anywhere that you can find podcasts. So Make sure you spread the word, and we always appreciate uh, your guys' listening. So, why don't we jump things? Why don't we jump into things right now and uh, start previewing the upcoming uh, seasons for both Loyola and Nutrier? And uh, why don't we start off with Loyola, since we'll hear from Coach Brian Dahl in the second quarter, where um, we've talked about this in previous episodes, Joe. Just um, obviously how talented that Loyola team was in the spring. How senior heavy it was and now this team is losing a lot of talent it's losing a lot of uh, college talent um and uh, obviously every year you head into the year expecting Loyola to be competing for at least a st- uh, top spot and obviously competing for a conference division championship but um with this upcoming season Joe there's a lot of talent um coming uh back but uh, a lot of talent that we still don't really know about yeah, a lot graduated. And, um, <clears throat> you know, we've seen this before with Loyola where, you know, every high school program where, you know, they they get this great group of seniors and, and they kind of come up together. And then their senior year, they're all playing together and you see a pretty magical season like we did in the spring. And then they're forced to rebuild. They have to. And uh, it, it, it's, it's reloading, you know, to take the, the cliche rather than rebuilding. And they do it better than anybody else in the state. You know, guys you haven't heard of all of a sudden are all staters and um, some of the best players in the state who are just happen to be behind college athletes for two, three years. So I think we're going to see more of that this year. Um, you know, you can tell, by the way, coach talked a little bit about <clears throat> some of the talent he's got that's just going to jump in there. Um, he isn't uh, overly concerned about what they'll do production wise if they stay healthy. You know, the cohesion, I think, on the defensive end is something he is concerned about and they're working toward. Um, but having an inside linebacker like James Cruz, 
Um, he talked so highly about him and what he's going to be able to do um, all around the field, sideline to sideline. He was a safety last year. Um, and he's looking for him to be a huge playmaker. Um, I think he called him in one interview. Um, he's going to rise up the ranks of an All-State very, very quickly. And um, he's not um, committed anywhere, so he's going to get some college attention pretty quickly too. So I think having somebody like that in the middle of the field um, is really going to um, solidify that defense, and we know that Halsek can coach up the defense better than anybody else. Um, they also got in All-America – uh, lacrosse player at one corner. Um, so that's somebody who's stepping in. They got a returning nose tackle. So I think the pieces are going to fall into place. Maybe it takes a week or two, um, but they don't have much room for error. Um, on the offensive side in that conference, I should say, offensive side of the ball, you're going to see new faces too, but Jake Sterney, the quarterback, and Marco Maldonado, Maldonado have seen reps before. They just haven't been starters. And now they're just they're getting going to get all the time um, in the backfield. And I think you're going to see something special uh, with two of those, both in the run game. I think they're going to play off each other in the run game there. Um, you know, what's, what may be a concern um, is their wide receiving core. Cause I think Sterney's got a big arm, um, but uh, Roger Simon, their, their leading receiver from a year ago is out with an injury. So they have a couple other guys, Danny Collins is one of them and they hope their tight ends can step up, but uh, they might, they need some pass catchers to step up for sure. But so those you're going to know some names pretty quickly per usual with Loyola. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see. Um, obviously, I feel like with Loyola, we've come to um, really just expect like, oh, so-and-so is graduating. Well, so-and-so is just going to step into place and, you know, pick up where they left off and that kind of stuff. And that's kind of something that I'm interested in seeing with uh, Maldonado, like you mentioned. Obviously, that offensive line is missing uh, uh, some athletes who obviously are playing Big Ten football and some other college uh, teams as well. But um, what do you think about that offensive line just being able to block for Maldonado? Obviously, last year, um, obviously, Von Pemberton's very talented, but uh, the line really created a lot of holes for Von last year. Yeah, you know, they lose a couple guys, um, including Josh Cruz, who's at Illinois, James's um, older brother, um, and both the sons of, of Olin Cruz, um, the former Bear. But they got two returners um, in Will Livingston and Jack Talengis. I um, hope I said that right, Jack. Um, but they're going to be uh, big anchors on that line, paving the way for both Sterney and Maldonado. So um, there are, he's also really high on his tight ends. Got a couple of them um, that, uh, that should be, you know, blockers as well as receivers. Um, and so I think uh, that that line is going to be more than capable um, of doing its job and paving the way. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what they're able to do. And um, what about the defensive line? I mean, obviously, the, I feel like where Loyola really makes its uh, um, presence known is obviously the lines, obviously offensive line, defensive line. Um, and I know we've talked about you talked about the defense a little bit earlier there, but um, how strong can that defensive line be, um, especially with um, obviously the linebackers who, um, uh, given John Halasek's career, um, are always a strong point for the program. Well, we lose we lose some guys off that defensive line, including Brandon Spetz, who's over at Harvard now uh, playing football, um, all, all state are right there. So uh, they're going to need somebody to step up on the edge um, to, to put some pressure on the quarterback, disrupt that backfield. They're going to have Mike Williams at the nose tackle, who had a nice senior se or a junior season um, right there in the middle, stopping the run. But he's going to be looked at for more of a disruptor and just an all-encompassing uh, defensive lineman right there. Um, especially, especially in the run game, which 
is a hallmark of Loyola run the ball, stop the run type of team. So you got Mike Williams, but otherwise we're, we're going to need to see some people step up to rush the quarterback. Jumping back to offense. I mean, you mentioned Sterney a little bit earlier, um, stepping in as a junior. I mean, do you feel like this is going to be um, typical? I don't know if typical is the right word, but um, you mentioned the wide receivers earlier too, just uh, quarterback where he'll make some good, close, uh, good throws, but, um, obviously the run game is going to be dominant when it comes to loyal offense this year. Yeah, I think so. Um, I really think the run game is going to open some things up. I do think he's going to throw um, Jake more than JT Thomas um, did last year. I think JT Thomas was more than capable, but they had Pemberton. So, it, you know, um, you go with your strength there and um, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So um, I, I think uh, they're going to let Jake throw it a little bit. But like I said, uh, with, with Simon out, you know, you got Danny Collins, you got another senior, Charlie Mahan. Um, they're going to be the go-to guys. You got Jack Parker um, and Jack Fitzgerald, who are the tight ends. Um, he's pretty high on, on Parker with the edge right now. But um, those guys are going to be counting on the catch the ball. And I think Marco can out of the, out of the backfield as well. Look for one of them. And I, I'm going to be honest, I don't know who it's going to be to step up and have a nice year. Roger, uh, the, the returning receiver, is going to be back maybe in October sometime. So before then, look for one of those guys to really step up and you're going to start seeing his, his name and be a favorite of Sterney. Um, maybe he's already made that connection in, the pra in practices, uh, and hopefully that makes it out in the games. But you're going to see somebody step up that's going to catch the football because I think, I think Jake likes to throw it a little bit. Yeah, definitely. And then um, obviously Nate Van Zelst was a steady, if you little kicker, an extra point kicker. Uh, for the past three seasons, but it seems like Coach Hosek has found a, a pretty uh, worthy replacement when it comes to uh, kicking for the Ramblers this year. Yeah, and you know, it was always funny to me last year going to the games. Um, exciting games, but, you know, they didn't need Nate, obviously, a Wisconsin kicker, a Division One Big Ten kicker, so one of the best in school history. But, uh, you know, they, <laughs> they took care of business on third and fourth down short yardage, and uh, they didn't need Nate. Um, as much as, you know, as much as talent as he had. So, um, so we'll see. If, I, I kind of expect something similar, um, although the punting game's big. You know, Nate did such a good job um, getting the ball away and uh, pinning, pinning teams deep, um, which helps with that whole stop the run, run the ball um, mentality. Um, so they hope the same from sophomore Mike Baker, who kicked last year and, and was good um, on the lower levels. And he's uh, coming up to varsity as a sophomore. And Halasek likes what he's seeing. So what are you expecting out of this Loyola team? I mean, obviously, we'll look at their week one matchup in the fourth quarter, and we'll get into a little bit in way or no way. But what are your just general expectations for um, a team that we've talked about has a lot of talent, but um, a lot of unproven stuff as well? I obviously expect a very talented team, but I just, you know, I, I think they might have to find their way a little bit on the offensive end. Um, I think – you know, you know, all this media attention on Maldonado um, and, and worthy of it, of course, uh, might have teams just prepping for him. So they're going to have to find other ways to uh, move the ball down the field at times if teams are really um, spying on, on Maldonado and even Jake for the run. So going to need some pass catchers to step up. And I think if they do that early, they might be just as untouchable. Um, I think their defense yeah, we're not going to know as many names as we did last year. We're like the whole linebacking core. And I think three of the four DBs went to play college and two defensive linemen. Jesus, the whole defense um, went to play ball in college. So, but 
they have that way of next man up in a way that I haven't seen in other football programs. You're playing under Holosek and that coaching staff. They know how to prepare you to be next man up when you are a backup. So senior year, you, you're ready to go and you got that chip on your shoulder to prove yourself like your predecessors did. So I'm not so worried about the defense. Um, I think they're going to do a good job. I think they're going to hold teams down. It just matters if they're going to score. And you're going to get a, a couple tests really, really early with Brother Rice and um, St. Rita. I believe they're in the first half of the season that are two of the best teams in the state. I, I believe the Sun-Times put them ahead of Loyola um, or the trip. One of the two put them ahead of Loyola. So um, you're looking at two really good programs that you're going to have to face off the bat and two really good defenses. So uh, – We'll see. We'll see what they can do. What I expect, I, I'll wait till the fourth quarter to put a record on. I got to think about it. All right. Yeah, Loyola does have a strong, uh, a tough start to the season, obviously, playing Marquette um, University High School. And then they don't have a week to opponent yet if anyone's trying to play. Um, and then they have St. Rita, Brother Rice, Fenwick, Marist, Providence, St. Patrick's, and Mount Carmel to round things off. But let's move on over now to uh, New Trier, where um, Hope Springs Eternal, I think, with just what they were able to do last year, um, obviously in a tough 14-9 uh, loss against Maine South for the CSL South title last year. But um, a lot of some, some play, uh, people have obviously moved on from graduation, but um, a few guys that are coming back, Joe, that um, have, uh, have the new Trier faithful feeling good for this upcoming year. Yeah, you know, when you have a group like this coming back, you know, two-time quarterback, starting quarterback entering his third year. Um, you got pass catchers, Finn Cohen, Josh Fitzpatrick, who they're healthy, they're ready to go, they're excited. Um, and you got an offensive line um, with a couple captains with big bookends and Luke Elias and um, totally blanking on the other um, bookend. Sorry about that, but uh, I'll, it'll definitely hit me. Ah, Mendoza. And Mendoza um, – you got to feel good about it. You got to be excited about what this offense can do. Oh, and Alex Mendez, um, who's healthy and ready to go. And, and he was injured last year as well. So um, these are playmakers. These are athletic kids, multi-sport kids who can do a lot of things um, on the football field, a lot of things um, in open spaces. So you got to be excited about what that offense can put up. Now, um, Kremiscoli is seasoned but he's never really aired it out to the tune of 25 times a game unless a couple times where they were down last year. So going to be interesting to see, because I think they're going to do some, some things a little different this year without a Brody Roth to get the 15, 20 touches a game. Now they have a couple guys that they like back there. They've got Jack Cummings, who's a senior. He played a lot of fullback, a little bit of a um, slack eye tight end last year. Um, so they're going to give him the ball a lot. And they got like a little burner in Jackson McCrary. I say little just because he's smaller than um, Jack Cummings, but McCrary, <laughs> who's a, uh, I believe a junior. So, so th those guys will have to prove themselves. They're going to be running behind a good line, but I think they're going to air it out. And I think they could be exciting. It's got me excited because I really just want to see what Nevin can do in his senior year with those weapons he has. So there's definitely reason to be excited in the offensive end. Do you feel like this, um offense I feel like the defense last year kind of held things together and the offense obviously shined and uh did some good things last year but do you feel like the <clears throat> excuse me the, that the offense might be carrying the defense a little bit this year you know that's what it seems like on paper last year the defense was unbelievable um you know I think back to that Evanson game that killer matchup Evanson's 
got a great program, especially the past five years, just on the rise. They're going to be incredibly difficult this year, by the way. And Nutria gave up a touchdown on their first drive and then just shut them out the rest of the game, including a goal line stand to end it. That was as good of a defensive performance I've seen in the clutch in a long time. And, um, you know, you lose some, get you a lot of guys from that front eight. Um, and I think that's going to hurt them. Um, you know, but they, he feels really good about the rotation on the defensive line. Um, so I, I think the defense is going to be maybe not as good. I cannot say enough. And I did this last year during the pod. And I think Marty did too about Brody Roth as a linebacker. He was a running back true and true through his whole career, but they put him at outside linebacker in the right spot. And the kid made plays all over the field, just had the instincts. He played that position like a running back, finding the holes to get to the tackle. Um, and I don't know, that's kind of irreplaceable. It's a very unique position that Roth was playing last year. So we'll see what they can do to make up those, whatever many tackles he had. I think he totaled over 106 game, including shared tackles. So they got to make up for that. They got to have a second level tackler. Um, I think they're putting Cummings in there um, as well to play on the defensive end. So we'll see if he can be in that middle, get a lot of tackles for him. Um, but that's a position that's difficult. So it does seem like the offense it should carry, but I wouldn't rule out that defense. He's really pumped about that D line, even though that's similar to Loyola. Some people we've never heard of. He's, he's high on a sophomore named Ty Stringer. You got um, the returning, um, the returning end in Charlie uh, Zalula, Zazula, Zazula. So, and you're going to have those big guys who are going to get some time too. The, the offensive linemen like Elias Mendoza and Cohen are going to see some time. So he's pretty, he's pretty pumped about that. He called it um, a lot of speed and, and nastiness on that line. So I think while a lot of those guys graduated, um, we're going to see some, some good play from that defensive unit um, and they're going to need it. Is that what probably is like your biggest concern about this team or is there something else to kind of, has you uh, a little bit itchy and scratchy heading into the season? You know, it's always, I think it's always difficult for a high school team to rely on a passing game. So I thought we saw it last year, some really nice, uh, some really nice playmaking abilities from Nevin, whether it was to Josh, Finn only played two games, uh, Finn Cohen, their tight end, um, or, uh, or, you know, Brody in the flat or something. We saw some plays like that. And, and Nevin's really a, a dual threat guy. He can, he can run the ball too. Uh, I think they're going to want to throw it more. I thought a lot of times last year, their offense stalled out when we missed some throws here. And uh, I say, we like, I'm still on the team, but um, <laughs> missed some throws um, the deep ball. I think if, if Nevin's got that deep ball, I know he's got a good relationship with Kirkpatrick um, and some others uh, pass catchers and Mendez if they can hit on a few of those balls up the field, then we're looking at a completely different nutrient offense. That's going to open up everything. And I, I don't think we'll see the stagnation, but that's a thin, it's, it's a delicate thing to rely on. So uh, I'm going to be looking for that early in the season. It worries me a little bit because it's very tough to do in the high school level um, on the defensive end. If, if, if I'm worried about making up those tackles that Brody Roth got last year, can they do it with a group ever, besides just having one guy like Roth all over the field, or will they have a superstar that emerges? I'm not sure. Maybe he's, he's right about that defensive line. 
and it just dominates and disrupts plays immediately. Uh, I'm not sure, but uh, I am a little worried to make up those tackles. Well, it seems like even if the offense struggles to move the ball or get maybe a critical first down, um, their kicking situation is pretty good with uh, their kicker, Niki Dugacic, sorry, as a freshman too. Yeah, you hear the way they're talking about this guy? This is going to be awesome. Um, I hope they I hope they let him, you know, let him fire away from 45 or 50 um, this year. And I think uh, I think Coach Dahl will if they're in that position, of course. But he's, you know, he said before that he's never really seen anything like it. And he's uh, he's a special kid, um, this freshman. So that does a lot in all of football in underrated, you know, field position and um, obviously getting points on the board with three. But at the high school level, it's amplified because any points on the board are, are huge. And, and a lot of teams don't have that special kicker who can uh, do that on a regular basis. So. If Nutria's got that guy, I think that's just a you know couple more, couple more things in their arsenal. We'll talk about it more in the third and the fourth quarter. But what are your expectations for this team? Just what they're able to do? I'm, I mean, I'm pretty high on them, and and I was last year too. Um, I think I said they'd go undefeated because I thought they'd take down Maine South. It just felt like they wouldn't. It was a great year to do it. And they just didn't have enough offense to. I think their defense played really well against that team. Now, obviously, Maine South has gotten a year older and returns a good bunch on the offensive end. But um, I really think that Nutrier is could be just that good. So it's going to be similar matchups. The problem is I think they're pretty evenly matched in that conference. Now, that conference is on the way up. You know, we kind of talked about last year. They had a, a tough battle with Glenbrook North. And we're like, why did they struggle so much? A lot of that credit has to go to Glenbrook North. They're on the way up. I think Glenbrook South on the way up, on the way up. Although they came from a lower position, so they might not be there yet. Um, but you know, we see some good things out of them too. And then you've got Evanston, who returns their quarterback Sean Cruz and their you know the top defensive player in the state in uh, Sebastian Cheeks, who's also a running back. So um, we'll see how much he gets touches this year since he's got um, North Carolina to look forward to. But um, that team's going to be really good. And if it comes down to the end again, it was really kind of a coin flip. Nutria stopped him at the one-yard line. You know, that's anybody's ballgame. Uh, Maine South, same thing. Are we going to look at, you know, it came down to the, the final possession. Um, can Nutria flip the script? I think they can. Will they? I don't know. It, those are two very, very good teams in their conference. It'll be really interesting to see what and how they're able to do it. So let's move on from one person who – is uh, confident on them to another person who's very confident about the new Nutria football team, and that's their head coach, Brian Dahl. He joins us this week as uh, we get ready for a start of a new season. Uh, coach Dahl is going to join us and talk to us about what he's looking forward to this season, all the different matchups and some players he's looking forward to, as uh, well as some other fun factoids as we start a new football season here. Just to kick it off since the last time we talked, how's the offseason been, Coach? I mean, it's just exciting to be back, normal. You know, everything feels pretty normal out here. We got football in five days. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. It's a a week to – less than a week till we play a game, and uh, we're excited to go down to Lions next week. So, yeah, it's it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun to be back doing it, and kids have been great. You know, it's – 
we're all kind of focused right now on actually starting school on Monday because yeah. that's just another step to kind of get through. And so each day kind of brings different challenges and, and new things to look forward to. But it's uh, it's exciting to be here. Yeah, and I know last time one of the things we talked about, Coach, was that quick transition, that quick turnover from yep. last year to this year. So have you seen kind of a little bit more of an adjustment now um, as we get closer to the season, or is it still, you know, um, a lot of learning on the fly and a lot of, hey, we got to do this in so much shorter than we normally would have. Yeah, I think the most important thing for our kids was the two weeks off. Um, they needed a break. A lot of these kids played uh, another, you know, yep. two spring sports. So, you know, if you were a football baseball guy or a football lacrosse, um, you didn't really get much of a break. And then we went into a, you know, a quick summer there with five shortened weeks of yeah. practice. So to get two weeks off and kind of get the batteries back and charge them up and get them <laughs> ready to go for the coaches also was really important. Uh, I think we're now at a point where things feel pretty fresh. Yep. Uh, the, the weather's been crazy. I mean, this humidity humidity's <laughs> been, been out of control. I think that's one of the biggest things they're adjusting to is they played a spring season in pretty cool weather. Uh, it wasn't hot except for maybe one or two days. That Evanston game, yeah, I think, was a little, that was was a little steamy. But, yeah, other than that. It. That was about it. And, and I know now at this point in time when I think about this past week, I mean, they, they've had some practices. We call them the dog days of, of doubles, even though it's a shortened doubles. Yeah. It's hard, so they're, they're fighting through that. But you could see the excitement after last night's scrimmage and then today to be back out here. And, you know, you saw us do a pre-practice today very light. Uh, a lot of that's just adjusting yeah. to the, the weather and the times. Offensively, Coach, have some things sorted some out. Um, it looks like you have kind of penciled Nevin in as, yep. the, as the starter. Yep. How yeah. are things looking offensively? I mean, you know, eight, eight slash nine. And we're, we're, I mean, Alex isn't going to play a lot of offense in the first game. You know, we've worked him back on defense sure. first. Yep. In another week or so, we'll probably get him right in there on, on offense and help us out. But eight starters back, led by, you know, some key guys up front on the O-line and Luke Elias and Jesse Mendoza, who are, you know, two bookend tackles for us. Big kids, very physical. Yeah. Uh, Look like you guys have some size on yeah, the line. Yeah, we're pretty big up front on offense. And I really, you know, hope that that can wear on some teams. Uh, Jack Cummins, who isn't here, he's actually interviewing for the Naval Academy right now. Okay. Is, uh, will be our starting running back. So he wasn't here right now for this morning walkthrough, but played last night. And is just is he's our really only true two-way guy right now. And that's nice. Um, I wish I could tell you I had a ton of depth. We don't have a ton of depth. But, um, you know, it is nice to have only one guy truly going both ways. Finn will see some time on both sides of the ball, yeah. but won't be... Looked like you had him working in D-line a yeah, little bit. Yeah, he'll work a little D-line and he'll play offense the whole game. Uh, but, you know, with Jack, like Jack's truly going to be on the field yeah. until he needs to come off. And he's got a wrestling background, so, you know, he's got great cardio, great conditioning, and he's a really tough kid for us. And, you know, probably the key guys for us with Finn and Josh Kirkpatrick. You know, Josh obviously battled at quarterback last year, but now is one of our key staples in our offense and just a great receiver. But a better leader, um, you know, great basketball player. There's so many great things I can say about Josh, but... Josh is just somebody we want to get the ball in his hands, and uh, he does a great, great job for us in practice every day. And can't wait to see him play this week. Awesome. Any plans of how to incorporate Graham into the offense and work so him? Graham's in? not with us right now. Okay. Um, Graham decided to focus on baseball. Okay. Um, I'd probably rather not talk about. No, it right I, now. I understand. Uh, I understand. It's, it's just uh, you know we wish him nothing but the best, yeah. and we hope to see him back as a senior. Yeah. So and... you know we'll we'll see what happens, but it was. Uh, you know, Nevin was uh, doing great, and Graham was doing great too, but at this point in time, Graham decided he was going to do some other things. Yeah, and then just the offense as a whole, Coach, I know last year at times you know, struggled a little bit to move the ball. You're yeah. expecting this year a little yeah. bit more explosiveness, a little bit more I'm feeling more confident. sustainability yeah. maybe. On- you know, the, the reality of it is we were young. You know, we were inexperienced, mm-hmm. and 
you know, Brody carried us in a lot of situations with some key runs and key moments and was able to break some things. You know, we do have a sophomore up that has very good speed, similar to Brody, might be even a little faster. Um, but, you know, he hasn't played a varsity game yet. But Jackson McCreary is, is going to be a nice, nice player for us. He'll be the other running back. Um, so that explosive is still there. Uh, <laughs> but Nevin, you know, just has a really good understanding of the offense. The O-line's a lot bigger, yeah. a lot more physical and experienced. Uh, and, you know, we add right now, we had another junior in there at left guard, uh, Tyler Hurley. And he's just, he's a big kid. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're just continuing to add, I think, good pieces to the offense. And, you know, if we stay healthy there, I, I feel confident that we'll be able to put some points up. Great. And how have you seen Nevin grow? I know a lot of times, Coach, that junior to senior year is when some of the biggest, you know, yeah, growth well, and some of the biggest transition physic- comes. So how have you seen Nevin grow yeah, in that? I mean, physically, his... You know, when you look at him, he, <laughs> yeah, know, he's, people just know. I mean, he's 215, yeah. 220 pounds, and he's a true 6'4". So he looks like, he's you know, a, a big quarterback. Um, his running capabilities improved drastically. And, you know, we didn't run him a lot as a sophomore for a lot of reasons. Junior year, there were times a little more about it. But now, you know, he's he's going to be more of a dual-threat kid, which I never thought of him as as a sophomore, but now I yeah. really think of him as a dual-threat quarterback. I think the other thing is he just has a complete control of the offense, working with Coach Napoleon. I mean, he understands the offense perfectly. He knows where everybody is. His maturation in the understanding of the pass defense coverages and blitz pickups and all, it's just at a better level now. And that's what you get with the senior quarterback who's now yeah. started for three years. And leadership-wise, it looks like he's yeah. really taking the bull he's by the horns on that. He's captain for us. They voted him. He was by far one of the, you know, he was like a unanimous pick for by the coaches and the and the players uh-huh. and that means a lot when your quarterback's that respected it's a big deal yeah big so deal. D- defensively that's the big transition yep. we've talked about so have things kind of sorted themselves a little bit yeah, out there have. how you guys look yeah they have i mean our strength is our d-line um you know we have a lot Zazula of really, back Zazula is really strong he plays our three technique the the surprise is going to be the sophomore who's up high stringer um Ty's i remember young, you mentioned but, the name yeah but he's very mature uh, very quick and we're having a hard time even with our experience line blocking him at times and um you know he'll be he'll be somebody we'll watch for these next three years and he'll be pretty special Finn, uh, Andre Birmingham, and Nate Morheim give us some depth at the end. Off the edge. Yep. And then we are able to use Jesse Mendoza and Luke Elias in certain packages at the D-line. So, you know, our depth at the D-line is about as strong as it's been since I've been here. Um, and we have the combination of size and speed and, you know, just pure nastiness. Like, that, that's what makes us go. So I'm happy we've got <laughs> it there. We're not going to be – I don't think we're going to be overly concerned with our, our D-line. I, you know, I hope they can play as well as in the game this Friday as they've done in practice. They've impressed me. The linebackers um, – you know, we, we have four kids that are kind of rotating through. They'll all play in the game. Okay. Jack Cummins is, you know, the one I said that is a two-way guy, but we plan on him playing our Mike linebacker. Um, ben Mars, uh, Will Morrison, and Henry Wolf are the other three. Okay. Uh, Henry Wolf is coming back from not playing this spring. Uh, played baseball. is a very strong baseball player. Cross guy, too, wasn't no, he? No, no he's, he's, been, meant- he's been baseball. Um, he's, he's just a nice piece who kind of fills in in the spot that Brody was playing, uh, which is great. And then yeah. Ben Mars is... You know, we're moving Henry around and making it more of a, some different looks. But the reality is, is, you know, we lost Brody Roth and Max Dancy, who were extremely good football mm-hmm. players. And so we're trying to replace that speed uh, with some guys that are inexperienced. So we'll see yeah. how they do, but I'm, I'm confident they can get the job done. Um, safety, we, you know, moved Alex back to safety. Yeah. We were considering him at linebacker, but he's playing our strong safety where Tyler played. A lot of speed. Yeah, very, very fast, very physically strong. Um, just gives us a lot of leadership back there and a good understanding of what to do. Um, we have a junior starting at the other safety, Charles Olgus, and then two seniors starting at corner, Andrew Brewer uh, and Brad Johnson. So, you know, the, there's, there's seniors back there. They've played in varsity games. They just haven't started in varsity games. 
Uh, Charles Olgus is a nice piece. A lot of people remember his brother Duke, who's yep. at Northwestern right now. Charles is a different type of athlete. He's not a lineman. You know, Charles is more of a receiver. He'll be playing receiver for us also, uh, but playing DB. Great. And then, and then the freshman kickers. I was going to ask, you yeah. still expecting big things from the uh, special teams unit? So he made uh, he made a 47-yard field goal yesterday with about 10 yards to spare, and I stopped because <laughs> I didn't want to have him keep trying. Yeah. Um, but, his, you know, he, he dropped his first punt ever in the stadium, and we all laugh. We're like, you're a freshman. Um, but then <laughs> the next one he picked up, and he kicked 50-some yards. So, you know, once he kind of gets comfortable and, and settles in, yeah. um, it's a good kicking battle. Peter's also doing a great job. You will see Peter kicking some of the extra points um, because he's just very consistent with that. But the freshmen will be uh, doing our kickoffs. Uh, you know, and and what Nikki, was his name? Nikki Duganzik, you know, is, is special. Uh, you know, the official told me yesterday in 20-plus years of officiating, I think he said he's even closer to 30. He's like, I don't know if I've ever seen a freshman kick like that that strong was, leg. yeah it's just different and, and when you hear it and how high it is and the way it moves uh, and i know very little about kicking uh it's just it's impressive it's awesome impressive. and now just a couple ways away a couple days away from week one what's the what, what's the message been to the team coach what were you kind of telling to them right there at the yeah, end yeah you know we actually talked about being good students um more than anything in that meeting that i just had with them because they start on monday I have some rules. They got to sit at the front of class. They got to introduce themselves to the teachers. You know, I talk to them about starting strong in schools the same way we want to start strong in every game. So there's great life lessons that you can teach out here as a coach. That's one of them. Uh, but we're, we're focused, and I don't know if Nevin or Finn mentioned it, but one of my goals every year is to win the first game. I've been very fortunate since I've been here to win a lot of first games, and um, I think it gets you off on the right foot. Yeah. So we do play on the road against a, a difficult opponent. Um, I think they're much improved, and I think John Butcher's doing a really nice job down there. They've got a very strong quarterback who will be, be tough for us. Uh, but, you know, I, I told him, like, we got to get out of the gates fast. It's going to be an electric environment because everybody's going to be excited to be yeah. back in a football game. <laughs> for sure. I expect for sure. it to be a full house. Uh, and, and so we, we just need to come out strong and do what we know we yeah. can do. And my hope is our offense uh, can settle us in quickly with having all the seniors on that side of the ball. Thanks so much for joining us, Coach. And thank you, as always, to the players and coaches for joining us. Always good to get you guys' insight, especially as we start a brand new season. All right, we're halfway through the podcast. So let's give a quick thanks to our sponsor, the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute. They have many locations in the Chicago area. So make sure you check them out, move better, and live better. All right, it's been a while since we've done a five-question way or no way. But with the school year starting here, we are back to our usual uh, five questions way or no way. Uh, we play this every single week. I give Joe a proposition. Way something can happen. No way it can happen. And we argue about it. So let's start hot, Joe. Way or no way that Loyola finishes the season undefeated? Wow. Um, that is, are you talking through the playoffs? Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, I'm going to say no way. I think they take an L here. Um, I think while they try to figure out a few things and smooth some things out, um, they take an L early in the season, whether it's to Brother Rice or St. Rita, um, to very just, you know, Rita gave them the best game of the season last year in week two. And um, I think it could, you know, they had to score in the fourth quarter late. So I think something similar should be expected and we'll see. Um, But I think they take an L. I think they go, uh, I do think they go eight and one um, and they, uh, they're, they're right there with, you know, four other teams as state favorites once we get there. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think uh, this team obviously has some experience and depth, but um, obviously um, you got to play 
full games to actually get that full experience. And I think there might be a bump in the road to, uh, for a loss or maybe even two. But um, I think come playoff time, this team will be uh, ready to compete uh, for a state championship. But yeah, I do, uh, no way. Um, I don't think they'll finish the season undefeated. All right, number two, way or no way, Joe, that New Trier wins the CSL South? Oh, no way. Again, uh, I don't remember being this pessimistic about um, uh, about our local teams, but it's not pessimistic. It really just says a lot about the, the conference, I think. And I, I still think New Trier is a 7-2, and 6-3 and three club, and they're going to have a great shot at winning a playoff game or two, in my opinion, uh, depending on how they're looking with injuries toward the end of the season. But I, I think I really feel it's Evanston's this year. I think they're going to put together something. I know they they wound up with three losses last year, I believe. Um, but I think this year uh, is is a special program, and it's going to be it's going to be theirs to lose. I think they beat Maine South. All right, I think I'm going to agree with you there. No way, as well. I think uh, um, I think Maine South probably wins the CSL South. I think they just are really strong and. Uh, like you mentioned, Evanston also competing in there with returning talent. I think New Trier um, is very good and going to have a really good season, but I don't think they will win um, a very tough CSO South this year. Uh, way or no way, Joe, that New Trier wins a playoff game this season? I say way. Um, the only thing holding them back, I think, is the draw. I, I think they have, you know, if you were to stack up all the teams in 8A, they're in the top half of that all the playoff teams, I should say, at the end of the year, which says they should, but they get a bad draw at six and three. Uh, say they lose to Barrington, Maine South, and Evanston, who are three really good programs. Um, you know, they could be in for it. They could play an eight one team. You know, they could play Loyola. You know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, so uh, it all comes down to the draw. I think they're more than capable. I will, I will err on the optimism here. I will say they get a good draw and they win a playoff game at least one. Yeah, I agree with that. The matchup, obviously, it's way too hard to know what's going to happen and all that kind of stuff. But I think I'll go no way. I think um, it'll be they'll make the playoffs to win enough games. But um, I don't know if it'll work out. Knowing that I just say they'll probably make them travel like an hour and a half or something. And that'll play a factor in the game as well. So um, unfortunately, I'm going to say no way for Nutria winning a playoff game this season. Uh, way or no way that Loyola allows more than two touchdowns in a game this season. I say way. I bet you Brother Rice will score a couple and maybe Maris. Do they play Maris this year? I don't want to yeah. assume so. And maybe Maris, like last year. Two very high-powered offenses that are going to average, you know, 35 to 40 a game anyway. Um, I think they're going to give up a couple to those, you know, returning quarterbacks at both those programs, as well as St. Rita. Um, so I think I think they do. They'll give up two to a couple teams, um, but they'll they'll keep it in the teens for their average, you know, between, you know, giving up an average of about 12 points a game while scoring 35 or something. I think I'll go no way here just to be devil's advocate. And I feel like, uh, um, I don't know, I feel like some ki- some teams might be able to kick it against Loyola or obviously kick some field goals. But more than two touchdowns, I think they'll be able to uh, – keep it close and keep it low. As uh, we know, I don't think I remember the last time it was a high scoring game against Loyal, probably Marist, honestly, when they played them for the playoff game. But um, yeah, I think uh, 
will probably have um, less than two touchdowns in a game or at two touchdowns. All right, final way or no way. Way or no way, Joe, that Marco Maldonado scores more than 11 touchdowns in this season. I am sky high on Mr. Maldonado. Um, I will say yes. I think his speed is elite, like not just elite in the state, but um, elite for for high school programs uh, in, in recent memory. Um, I think he has a burst that's that's really something special. I also think he's going to, you know, get some catches out of the backfield and some creative um, arrangements that the coaching staff puts together. Um, I think he ends up with around, you know, that middle tier 15 to 18 touchdowns. So I'm going to go way over on that. I think I'm going to go no way just because I feel like they might try to spread the wealth. I feel like Loyola always tries to spread the wealth um, when it comes to their running back. So I think he'll probably have high amount of touchdowns, but um, I think that they, um, the way they just uh, spread it out and that kind of stuff that might stop them from reaching that um, 11 or 12 number. So I'm going to go no way there. All right. That's all we have for this week's uh, portion of way or no way. Hopefully excited to see how right or wrong we were about um, this upcoming season. All right, let's move on over now to the fourth quarter where we get nitty gritty and compete and talk about well, we're not competing against, but we're going to talk about what the teams are going to be doing this upcoming week with their week one matchups. Loyola hosts Marquette University High School on Saturday at Horster Field and Nutrier travels down to Lions to compete against uh, them as well. So, all right, Joe, obviously we'll start with Nutrier and them competing against Lions to start um, the season, obviously things change a lot in between seasons and especially in a weird year like last year where uh, we went from the spring and going to the fall. But what are you expecting out of this uh, first matchup for Nutrier against Lions? Yeah, I like this matchup for Nutrier um, in a way that I think they have – It's Lions is a good big program, but they're not a great program. Um, you know, they take their lumps every year, and I think – that uh, they, you know, th their numbers are going to match up good with Nutrier, which is a nice thing to have just so you're kind of on an even playing field. Um, and I think Nutrier is more talented. So I think they, the margin for error is a little bigger against a team like Outline, not razor thin. Um, so if they do make a couple mistakes with all that, all the new people in that lineup, um, it can be forgiven and they can make it up for it. So make up for it. So I think it's a good matchup for them in week one. I think they take it. Um, probably closer than they hope, but I do think they win it um, probably around. Uh, I think they're going to score. I think they're going to get excited. I think they're going to score a little bit here. Um, so I'm going to put it at probably around 27 to 14. Yeah, I think I agree with you there. I think it's going to be um, a match of big schools, obviously a lot of bodies and that kind of stuff, but I think Nutrier is going to be um, able to pull this one off. I know Coach Dahl in the preview talked about um, Lions having a very strong quarterback um, so that defense is going to be tested. I mean, you're going to figure out what that defense is able to do. But, um, yeah, I think uh, Nutrier is going to be able to handle business against Lions and open the season off with a win, um, obviously, before they uh, get some tough opponents in Stevenson, Barrington, and Conant. The tough things about um, trying to figure out what Loyola is going to do is, obviously, they usually start their season off with an out-of-state Jesuit school. And it's always hard to figure out what that Jesuit school is like. You figure they're good if they're playing against each other, but what can we really expect against this Marquette team? 
Yeah, Marquette is a good program, um, and we've seen them before against Loyola. Uh, they've already played a game this year, though. Um, they lost um, in state to Arrowhead, um, so um, you know, thirty-eight to twenty-two. So they gave up some points. Uh, I gotta say, just by the law of averages, I don't think too many teams in the country are as good as Loyola as a program. So thinking that Marquette lost by a couple scores, and now they're coming down here to play a juggernaut. Uh, on a Saturday in Wilmette, ooh, that's a tough place to play. I think uh, I think <laughs> has their way and works some things out. I think you're going to see some fireworks. Uh, I think it's going to be a good game down there, uh, a good day to be a Rambler, as they say. No, they don't pay me to say that um, on Saturday. So uh, I think they're going to run it up. I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I just think that's what's going to happen to the scoreboard in the first half, maybe the third quarter, um, and their defense is going to get works and kinks out as well. Um, I'm expecting about a, I think about a 41 to uh, seven victory. Oh, wow. Quite yeah. the, quite the battle you got there. Um, but yeah, I think uh, Loyola is going to win uh, this matchup. Obviously always the first game is always hard. Just trying to figure out what the opponent is trying to figure out who you are. So I don't know if I'll go that high, but I think I'll go around 27 to seven, maybe 28 to seven, somewhere at that range. Um, a Loyola winner to start the season off. So before we uh, finish this podcast show, give me your records for both Loyola and Trier before we start the season on Friday night. I do think they, I do think Loyola goes eight one. I think they take a lump against either uh, Rita or brother rice and then get on a run. So if they, if they lose by a thin margin, they go on a run, really get hot figure things out and going to the playoffs really playing well. I think Nutriers uh, got a tough boat here. They take a loss at like every point in their schedule. Um, not, I mean, they got Barrington for, for goodness sakes, uh, hmm. one of the best programs out there. So, uh, and I think Evanston's there and Maine South, man, I want to give them that win. I'm going to do, I feel good about it. I'll go back. I'll say seven and two. I say they beat Maine South. Maine South takes two conference losses for the first time. In 75 years. I don't know what it is. Wow. <laughs> you Maine South hate is showing. It's Maine South. I'm sorry. You do this every single year, but it's fine. Um, I think I agree with you. Uh, well, before I get there, Loyola wins the state championship or no? Oh, um, yeah. Let's put some positive vibes out there. Yeah, they do. All right. Versus I think I agree with you. Of course. <laughs> I think I agree with you. I think Loyola loses early. I don't know, probably one of those conference games. Um, but then I think they uh, make it work all the way. Obviously, we don't know all these other teams. Maybe we get a Lincoln Way East matchup or something like that. But um, I do think that this team will find its role heading into it. And I think they'll make the state championship game. Well, I think they should win the state championship in a while. But um, I think they'll at least make the state championship game. Um, so that'll be really interesting to see. Um, in the Cal, right? I think it's in the Cal this year. Um, and then um, for Nutria, I think they'll beat. I think they'll beat Evanston, and I think they'll lose to Maine South. So I think, uh, and then obviously Barrington, you have them there. So I think seven and two, and uh, they'll make the playoffs, but they will lose a playoff game, unfortunately for the Trevians. But I do think it will be a good year for Nutria. Nice. Uh, yeah, it should be fun out there this year. And kudos. Let's let's give a shout out to our two beat reporters who aren't with us on the pod, but Marty Carlino 
is going to be following the Trevians this season. And uh, old faithful Neil Milbert is on Loyola for about the, man, 12th straight season or so. So um, you'll, you'll be getting some good content from them throughout the year. Um, and kudos to them for doing it. Yeah, make sure you guys are following them. I know Marty's on Twitter, so make sure you follow on him and make sure you follow the record northshore.org um, just to get all the game recaps and photos and make sure you follow their Twitter feed as well for all the latest updates as well. But that was a long one, but a good one. Um, that's everything we got for this week's episode of the podcast. Thanks as always for listening. Make sure you uh, subscribe and uh, spread the word as well. Make sure you spread the word about this upcoming pod, about this podcast. Maybe listen to it at your tailgate or before the game on Friday and on Saturday. And make sure you listen to other episodes of the podcast as well. So for Joe, thanks so much for joining us this week. Enjoy this upcoming football weekend. And we will talk to you guys down the road. Till next time. Thank you for listening to the Varsity uh, product of the record NorthShore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom. The Varsity is presented by the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute with more than 150 fellowship trained physicians in every orthopedic specialty and dozens of locations across Chicagoland and the suburbs. IBJI is your choice for patient-focused orthopedic care. To find the nearest location, visit IBJI.com.